Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Dave Somerville. Hello, Dave. I'm back. Hello. And by Jake McGee. Hello, Jake. I'm better than ever. Excellent stuff. That's what I like to hear. So I like to hear. And guess what, guys? It's Super Bowl week. We made it through an entire season and postseason, off-season, pre-season, you name it, all the bye weeks. Here we are, two teams, 49ers and Chiefs, are going to be going at it this Sunday. It's going to be an epic game, really looking forward to it in the Super Bowl. Um, now, but before we talk about the Super Bowl, and of course we've got our Super Bowl predictions to come up, uh, before we do that, there's been some news around the NFL once again with coaching changes. Now, I don't remember. I, I, I don't know if uh, Dave did you did you listen to last week's podcast? I think you did. Yes, 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 definitely. Uh, myself and Jake were discussing the the commanders mm. and what the commanders should do, and um, we we sort of both agreed they should hire a defensive coach, ideally Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator, let them run the offense, and mm-hmm. the commanders are going to be in great shape. You've already got mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy, so you don't need to do anything with the offensive coordinator. You just need a good defensive head coach. Jake McGee, what did the Washington Commanders <laughs> do this week? Well, they did somewhat of what we expected. I mean... I think we'd spoken about Ben Johnson kind of being the, the front runner. Uh, Aaron Glenn, the other Lions coordinator, was also it, up for it. In the end, they go for Dan Quinn. Mm. Um, obviously, former Seattle uh, defense coordinator, leader of Boom, mm-hmm. um, made him get the job at Atlanta. Did not go too great. Nope. Um, and then he rebounded. I, I think we had the conversation of you know some uh, some people are, are better coordinators than head coaches. He went over to Dallas, had a good few years in Dallas, and mm-hmm. now he's the head coach of the Washington Commanders. And so, then you're thinking, well... Yeah, I mean, like well, we said, you got a defensive coach, you've already got a great offensive coordinator, so what do they do next? They say, we don't need you, Mr. Bainemy, we're, we're good. They don't need him. So he was actually giving a, a, a talk to the Kansas City Chiefs this week, so it could be... Lining up a, a reunion <laughs> next season, possibly. I thought you were going to say uh, for the hired... Super Bowl. <laughs> no, no, I think he's still technically on the contract. You know, it's not not all official yet. But uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who was seemingly lined up to be the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, all of a sudden flies across country. Uh, he is now the offensive coordinator for the Commanders. He was the offensive coordinator for UA, uh, USC. Caleb Williams uh, college team so you know read into that as you will but he goes with Cliff Kingsbury the former Cardinals head coach so a completely new slate in in Washington yeah now Dave I'm gonna ask you this because Mm. uh, first firstly two things um I I thought Kingsbury was the Raiders offense coordinator I thought he was there he was in place Everything was done and dusted. And then it comes out that the contract talks broke down. And then he goes to Washington. Okay. Now, 
as Jake already mentioned, he was coach of USC, Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the commanders will trade up for Caleb Williams. They might. They might. And maybe that's why they wanted to bring in Kingsbury, because they're going, listen, we're going to do everything we can to get Caleb Williams onto our team. And I get that. But this now leaves Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, and Eric Bieniemy out of jobs. Who would have seen that coming at the beginning of this year? When you've got arguably the greatest head coach of all time, and as much as I despised the Patriots dynasty, can't deny the facts. Um, one of the easily one of the best offensive coordinators in the entire league, and Mike Vrabel, who has proved himself um, a very good defensive coach. I um, I was surprised he was fired, but I didn't actually think much of him as a head coach. Uh, but certainly thought he was better than a lot of other coaches out there. Why do you think? That these guys, what what has Eric B. Enemy done to really annoy everybody that for some reason they just don't want him there? What's your thoughts on this, Steve? I'm struggling to think of of actual reasons, legitimate reasons. Um, I mean, he hasn't been outspoken. He hasn't said anything in the press. Yeah, um, I think I said during the season that. The kind of ge- the general consensus as to why he left Kansas City in the first place was because of the the way that they do contracts to their coordinators in Kansas City because they weren't really wanting to give out multi year deals, whereas the Commanders were offering the enemy a three year deal, which is yeah, I mean you know it's it, if you want some sort of security, that's the way to go. Um, Plus, obviously, we were thinking once Ron Rivera's done, the enemy would just slot in. It would be a natural progression. But apparently that's not the case. I mean, it, there's only so much you can do with mud. You, uh, if, you, if you're looking to build a mansion, it's really hard to do it in mud. And in this case, it, that, that would be Sam Hill. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It, I, I mean, he was to get the production that he did... Uh, was quite impressive. I think he he would, he, he's. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if he's going to maybe that there'll be there'll be one or two uh, kind of uh, top head coaching jobs in the in the at collegiate level. I think that that might be a good thing for him. I think Bill Belichick should retire, but obviously he won't because he's Belichick and he does what Belichick wants. Vrabel. I think he 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 could maybe do if he's not going to get a head coaching job. I I don't think he deserves like a regression to a co- coordinator role. I think he should also take a bit of time out, wait for any kind of um, maybe later season sackings or anything along those lines. I, I mean, I I get where you're coming done from. Wrong. I, I un- they haven't yeah. done anything wrong. I understand where you're coming from, but I refuse to believe that it was like you know Bill Belichick interviews in Atlanta and doesn't get the job. And and you think what did he say? That he just go in ha twenty eight three and then walk out again? I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> seriously. In, in true Falcons fashion, invite yeah, him back for a second interview yeah, after he said that. <laughs> well, but, but this is the thing. And, and Jake, I'll put it to you. Uh, you know, Dave's talking about the enemy there. Now you, you said that uh, obviously talks with Kansas City possible um, uh, offensive coordinator again. But I, I don't understand, even if the, the commanders were thinking, well, listen, we're going to draft up for Caleb Williams, right? 
and we know that Kingsbury was his coach in college. But we know that collegiate coaches do not necessarily transfer to the NFL. And if I wanted an offensive coordinator with a proven track record, with a gifted young quarterback coming out of college, I'm taking Eric Bieniemy. I would take him over any offensive coordinator right now. Anyone. I, I can't think of another offensive coordinator in the NFL. If I'm drafting a quarterback out of college that I would want, than the guy who coached Patrick Mahomes all the way through. And, and you just think, what is going on? And then with, with Mike Vrabel, <clears throat> you're not telling me there's five, six teams out there who couldn't think, do you know what? Vrabel's probably a better fit for us because he's a better coach. And I get when people say things about the mindset. Oh, you know, this, you, you have a certain coach with a certain mindset that we're looking for. I'm looking for a coach who's a good coach with a proven track record. What do you think, Jake? It's, it's bonkers. Yeah, with some of them, I think I mentioned with with Belichick, was it him asking too much or wanting to do too much? And and at the moment, what I'm seeing for the Cowboys replacing Dan Quinn is they've interviewed um, Ron Rivera. They've interviewed uh, Ron Rivera. They've interviewed yeah. Rex Ryan. They've interviewed Mike Zimmer. All these uh, former head coaches, defensive-minded players. No, no, no word on uh, on Vrabel. Would he be willing to kind of take that step down this year? I don't know. Maybe, like Dave says, he's kind of just going to wait out, have his pick of the bunch when he's happy. Is he going to go into TV? I don't know. But to have someone like Mike Vrabel not in the league, it, you know, is very odd. I mean, so I'm less surprised with Belichick than I am Vrabel because Belichick, you know, he's no spring chicken. He would not want to be, you know, a defensive coordinator or possibly even a head coach. You know, he kind of got used to being the general manager, the head coach, you know, the CEO here, there, and everywhere. So I can see teams like the Falcons maybe and their owner being like, you're great, but, you know, we don't really envision it going that way. I don't understand the Rabel stuff at all and the Cowboys, I don't know. I don't know what's going on when you're seeing Rex Ryan all of a sudden get get interviews. Like the, the guy's been on TV for like 15 years. What is he really going to be your best option for defensive coordinator? Um, no, it's the answer right off the bat. No, and and listen, I have a lot of respect for Rex Ryan as a coordinator because he was a very good co- and a coach. He was a good coach. I'm nothing against him, but he, he's been out of the league for a long time. And things have changed. And I'm not saying that he couldn't become really good again, but it, it would it would it would be different because the offenses are different now to when he was coaching in the league. And surely you'd want someone. I mean I I just I don't get it. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, and Eric Bienemy are out of a job. I mean if I if I'm I don't know the Carolina Panthers, I'm hiring all three. I'm throwing a ton of money at them. Bill, you're head coach. I'll give Rabel an offer he cannot refuse to be defensive coordinator, and um, Eric Bieniemy, you're offensive coordinator. Tell me that's not a coaching trio that isn't absolute dynamite for any team in this league. 
it, it might be dynamite because it would probably blow up having three <laughs> kind of <laughs> three people of that standard trying to work together. It's it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be an absolute all of a sudden Carolina will go like four in and three and look fantastic, or Carolina will go zero and seventeen and there's uh, you know a nuclear explosion. But well, well, the reason I'm picking Carolina is because you're looking at the the team who's the worst team in the entire NFL. It's not like they can get much worse than they were. And if anyone can get some sort of play out of that quarterback, it's Eric Bieniemy. And if you want that defense tightened up, then, okay, maybe, maybe you don't need Mike Vrabel. You've got Bill Belichick as a head coach. There you go. Defense is now tightened up. Might not be the best defense in the league because obviously a talent still got a lot to do with it. Let's not forget that through the 20, what, five years that Bill Belichick was the head coach of the of the, the Patriots there, they had some all-time great defensive players because he knows what good defensive players look like. He can't evaluate a quarterback for, you know, you know he's worse than John Elway at, at evaluating oh, offensive quarterbacks. Line. Well, offensive linemen and uh, wide receivers, he's not very good at that yeah, side, but on defense, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at, look, if you were to list all of the pro bowlers and Hall of Fame players over the past 25 years from the Patriots, there is a ton of them. An absolute ton of them. And they were picked, and they weren't all first round picks, this is the thing. Bill Belichick knows what they look like. I don't pick this guy from the third round and that guy. And he made a living on the quarter of a century of drafting great defensive players because he knows what they look like so i you know just i it, it boggles the mind <laughs> it really does anyway that's not the only news uh, or not, not the only uh, coaching things going on uh, around the nfl jake what else have we got to talk about well seeing as we're talking about belichick here's another one steve belichick the defensive coordinator of the washington football team in college what do we think about that? Because um, their head coach left for the Alabama job, and I think 20 players have all entered the transfer portal uh, because obviously they went to Washington under the illusion this guy would be their head coach. They've just had a great season. Head coach leaves, and all the players go, well, I ain't sticking around. So, <laughs> Steve Belichick, interesting time to go to Washington, but uh, going to kind of fly on his home, it seems, because he's obviously been under uh, his father in New England doing here, there, and everywhere for him. Kind of making his own story now. I like sons of great coaches. I, I Listen, I don't like nepotism, uh, but I understand that it goes on. Mm. But I like sons of great coaches as coaches. There's just something that seems to rub off. It really does. And I think he'll do a great job. I think you really think he will. I think he'll turn out to be a great coach. And I think within five, six years, he'll be an NFL coach. I honestly believe that. Because, I mean, you look at guys like, um, there's Clint Kubiak there. And you've got Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Wade, Wade Phillips. You know, sons of great mm. coaches. Not necessarily, they don't necessarily Re make great... Rex and Rob Ryan. Rex and Rob, of course, Rex and Rob Ryan. Buddies, boys. Well, if you look at um, the the Rams interviewed Brandon Staley, for the, you, uh, you were saying on the podcast last week as well, hmm. but uh, it looks like that they're going to go for one Chris Shula, 
who is the grandson of one Don Shula. Well, okay. Do you know what? And you've also proved the exception to the rule because Dave Shula was not a good coach. (laughs) Dave, if you're listening, then I apologize. It didn't work out for you. There's no shame in it. You were never going to match up to your dad. So just... That's okay, but the grandson. Not the game for you. Skip the generation. Skip the generation. So this, this, this is this is Dave Shula's son, is it, or is it, is that, or his nephew, his son? I think so. I I think so. Yeah, it should be. Well, either his son or his nephew. That's that's fine. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. He he could turn out to be an incredible coach. Maybe not necessarily a great head coach, but he could turn out to be a great coordinator. And and these things happen, you know. Uh, we also know that it happens with players. Obviously, the great Arch Manning had a couple of boys who who played pretty well, had decent careers, <laughs> decent careers, average, average careers. Um, and then you know you, you look you look at some of these guys as a um, Ed McCaffrey's boy is going to be playing in the Super Bowl. So they are, and he was a great player, and his son's a great player. So it just goes to show you, nepotism is not always a bad thing. Not always. <laughs> Most of the time it is. But in the NFL, not always. Most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Well, you see with, with family and nepotism, you see it also with um, kind of coaching trees and uh, kind of sticking with college a little bit. They charged off, they hired um, Harbour as their mm-hmm. head coach. Defensive line coach Mike Elston is expected to be hired for the same position from Michigan to L.A., and the same for defensive coordinator Jesse Minter, the former Michigan defensive coordinator, also joins Harbour in Los Angeles. So, taking people he's familiar with, what mm-hmm. I did see is that a certain Harbour is joining the Seahawks as their special teams um, coordinator. Um, I don't know which son he is, but uh, a Harbour is going, rather than joining up uh, in Los Angeles or even Baltimore, he's flying on his to Seattle to be their special teams coordinator. These these families, these sort of football families, um, you know, just when you hear the second name, you just automatically think of the NFL. Harbaugh is one of them. Like, you know, I mean, I've never I've never heard of anyone else called Harbaugh in my life ever. Never seen that name written down anywhere. Never met anyone called Harbaugh apart from the, the John and Jim. So I mean. I'd I'd like to point out I was now cast your minds back. Okay. Where I we interviewed a certain all-time returner that was just a, was an amazing returner, and I said that there was already one too many hardballs kicking about football, and obviously the NFL has been listening to us because just to annoy me and extend our podcast even more. <laughs> they have then gone and sourced another horrible just to just to confuse me even more. So, I, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, now, uh, obviously, you're, you're talking about uh, the great all-pro NFL record holder, Glenn Milburn, who we had on the show here, whose son, Aaron, or Aaron, depending how it's, you want to pronounce it, uh, Milburn, uh, seems to be doing very well in college for himself. Mm. Um, so hopefully we'll see him soon coming into the NFL. Um, great player, great player. Glenn Milburn was just, uh, and an, as we all know, an absolute gentleman, 
as well to boot. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, guess what I found? See if you can guess. That's a lovely segue. Um, you can't. You can't guess. It's a ridiculous I, question. I, I was. I, I was going to say, uh, I, this is a PG show. I'm not sure I can say I, my first answer. Uh, no, so I I have been collecting trading cards for some time now. Okay. Oh. Uh, I told you that I I, I got my, um, I found out a Brett Favre rookie card when he was with the Falcons. A Topps rookie card, I think it was, or maybe Very Panini. Nice. Uh, I also got a Von Miller rookie card as well um, oh, in yep. mint condition. And then I, I dropped it. In its case, and the case oh. smashed. So the case is broken, but the card's still. I think the card's all right. I haven't opened the case to, to look yet, but I think the card's all right. But I also, because I've got various packs, I never know and again I'll open a pack. And um, I got a Glenn Milburn card. Yay! Yeah, so we actually have a Glenn Milburn card. I wonder, I'll maybe send Glenn a message and ask him if we send it to him, if he'll sign it for us. And we'll. I'll actually get. Now, obviously. You, we're on the podcast. People can't see us. We're not on video. Um, I'll maybe get a wall and we can actually put, make a wall of fame and I'll put Glenn's card on it. A wall of fame for our guests. He'll be the, the yeah, first, yeah. obviously, because he's the only ex-player we've had on. But uh, <laughs> we'll have Glenn Milburn's card in the back. Uh, but if we can get him to sign it, if he will agree to this, um, we could even look at doing a giveaway for a signed card by... All pro, NFL, record holder to this day, Glenn Milburn. So we'll maybe do that. That'd be quite nice, I think. What do you think of that, Jake? Would that be all right? Yeah, you never know. With his son going to progress, hopefully, to, to the big leagues, we might even get him on the podcast at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be great to get Aaron on. Uh, we'll see what uh, see what Glenn says about that, obviously. We need to get his dad's permission, I think, before we can do that. <laughs> I think for, for for your for your kind of wall of fame, wall wall of WinFL fame, I think you might have to get Mrs. Neil's permission as well for that <laughs> because you know she obviously loves our show uh, and is quite <laughs> obviously an avid listener. Um, so she will no doubt be up to date that uh, that will be in the works as soon as this is released. But uh, I, I would highly recommend getting permission. Uh, first listen i i have to get permission for everything and every single married man knows <laughs> that and and listen listen i know i know you guys aren't married okay um but you run it, it, everything past your wife you have just, to i think you're kind of uh really uh how can i put it you're really proving the point happy wife happy life it, I it's, think it's that, a hundred percent yeah. true now yeah. now my my lovely wife she she is is a, she's an angel. She's a saint. She's got more patience than anyone in the world. She's like I don't know what she's like. Just an absolute saint. You. And uh, putting up with me. You guys have met me. And uh, she puts up with me every single day. She signed up for it, so that's on her. I'll be honest. But and I don't know what we're talking about now. What what's going on here? It's an NFL podcast. Nobody wants to hear about my relationship with my lovely wife. Whom I love very much. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, so, <laughs> was there any other coaches moving around the <laughs> league, Jake? Because I, I completely went off topic. There was, there was. The Chargers to round up them. Uh, Greg Roman, the former Baltimore Raven offensive coordinator, is now the Chargers offensive coordinator. So, see what he can do going from Lamar Jackson to Justin Herbert. That's not a bad little transition for him. That's all right. One brother to the other, one brother to the other. 
Yes. Indeed. Uh, a lot of nepotism going on. It was uh, Jim Harbaugh's son, uh, Jay Harbaugh, who's going to Seattle. So ah. not even hiring his own son. He's all business. <laughs> didn't even hire his own son. He means business in the NFL. He's like, no, sorry, Jay. I'm going my own. You know, I'm land on your feet, but I, I need a winner. Did they run out of, like, First name speaking with J that they've just gone for the the, <laughs> the letter as the, as the son's name out just John, John Jim nah run out J we'll just go for J Harbo now <laughs> I'm assuming it's J A Y like the bird and not yes J or or, or J A Y like J Z who's got one letter for his surname but he uses J A Y doesn't he. He does, doesn't he? Uh, I feel like Did at I this point, uh, John needs to get rid of the H, so he's three letters as well. John, <laughs> John, Jim and J. <laughs> Just J- J-O-N, John. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, right, gentlemen. Do you know what we need to talk about? The this, Saints? This, <laughs> would you like to talk about the Saints, Jake? Is there anything interesting big going on with your new up. Orleans Saints? It will lead up. Yes, it will lead up to the Super Bowl. Don't worry. That one of the coordinators or one of the important people for the 49ers, Clint Kubiak, is believed to be the Saints' offensive coordinator. It won't obviously be official until after the Super Bowl. Um, but all all signs, hopefully the Saints don't screw this up, all signs point to Clint Kubiak being the Saints' offensive coordinator next year. Wonderful nepotism again. Love it. Kubiak's and Shanahan's have been intertwined since the 90s, since the mid to late 90s. The dawn of man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Clint Kubiak will be a great, great signing for, for the Saints if, if they can nab him. He will be fantastic. Um, I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. But, or the um, head coach. Oh, do we need to bring that up in front of Jake? So the Super Bowl, that, that's coming the up. Super Bowl's coming up. So Clint Kubiak is going to be coaching in the Super Bowl, and that's why, they obviously, they need to wait until that game is done before they can actually talk to him uh, officially. Uh, the Saints with Clint Kubiak being an offensive coordinator. Um, the Super Bowl is coming up, gentlemen. It is. So it's currently Wednesday, so it's four days to go. But it's Wednesday night. Uh, it's still Sunday night. It's four days to go, right? Four days until the Super Bowl. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Mm. I want you to give me, think about long and hard, your uh-huh. prediction for the Super Bowl. I want to score from you, Chiefs, 49ers. I want you to tell me who's winning, and I want you to give me a score. Go for it. 27-24, Chiefs. Well, I didn't take, oh, didn't take any time at all. I, I, yeah. I just, yeah. That, There's one game to preview, and he's like, no, there is. <laughs> there we go. Shortest no, podcast I, I, ever. I just, I just, I just, uh, it's, it's the, oh, the 49ers are going to do something on offense, but that Chiefs defense is just so effective. And I, I genuinely think that they're, they're going to really ruffle the feathers of the 49ers offense. So yeah, I'm going for a Chiefs win. No, and there's no bias whatsoever. Of course not. Wow. Yeah, we believe you. Jake <laughs> That's McGee. one thing we've learned to expect from you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a level head that's right okay no bias right you are um jake mcgee same question to you give me your thoughts give me a score 49ers chiefs who is going to be hoisting the lumbar i know i asked you last week but now you've had time to think about it you're allowed to change your answer 
who is going to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy come Sunday and by how many points? Well, I, I've got to stay true to my pickums. They're they're in a shambles, but from the the day one, I predicted the 49ers Ravens um, Super Bowl, and I predicted the 49ers would come on top. So who would I be to go back on my own word? So I will stick with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'm assuming with Dave's 24 points, they're going to go for three. Uh, they're going to, well, they're going to go for two, three times because. Jake Moody ain't got a care kick. He's he's really hurting <laughs> the Jake stocks. Having having a Jake in the Super Bowl is great until you realise it's not not one we wanted. Um, so I'm going to go 28 to to San Francisco. They are not going to need uh, a field goal, and the Chiefs are going to fall slightly short with 24. They've got a good kicker, so they will kick a field goal. Right. Okay. 28. I'm, 24. I'm going to say I'm going to make an extra prediction though. That 49ers field goal that I predicted, it's going to be a a 20-yard doink because it's Jake Moody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, that could happen. Listen, that, we know that could double happen. Doink that could happen. Can you, a 20-yard double doink. <laughs> it's just be the... Just, yeah. There's Jake Moody representing the Jakes. If that happens, the 49ers deserve to lose and I hope they lose. If you go <laughs> for a 20-yard field goal in, in the, the Super Bowl when you've got Chrissy McCaffrey, then yes, you deserve to lose. So... If that happens, I'm on board with Dave's prediction. Um, actually, so am I, if that's the case. Um, now, I've been I picked the Chiefs and the 49ers before the season started. And as the year has gone on, one thing came up um, that I, I found out. I was watching the Rich Eisen show, and uh, I didn't know this. So, as we know, the Chiefs are favourites in the Super Bowl, according to Vegas, where the game's been played. Did you know they've been favourites in every single game this year? They've they've not been been underdogs once. They've been favoured in every single game this year. So, I was was like, what? Really? Um, Because a lot of people are picking the Chiefs to win. A lot of people are picking the Chiefs to win. And I'm picking the Chiefs to win as well. And I think it's going to be a close game. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Despite the fact both teams have excellent defences, I think we could have a shootout in our hands, gentlemen. And I'm going for an all-time classic. 38-37 to Kansas City. With a last-minute or possibly even walk-off field goal to win the game 38 37 kansas city that is my prediction i think the chiefs do it i'd love to see party win i would absolutely love to see this man do it for some reason he still has doubters don't know what they are there's no there's no justifiable reason for anyone to doubt this young man's abilities uh and yet they still do it but i think mahomes will prevail 38-37. 38-37. I don't think that I will be blowing my Brock Party hype train whistle on next week's podcast. And I know Dave's happy about that. There'll be certainly someone who will be happy with all our predictions. Uh, and it will be CBS, because the last three Super Bowls on CBS, they've not been very competitive at all. The most recent <laughs> one, the Bucks won 31-9 to against the Chiefs. Yes, 
the dreaded 2019 Scumball Super Bowl robbed of the Saints uh, was 13 to 3. The three. Rams put up three points. Dave, are you, not ashamed? are you not ashamed Shame that a team that averaged nearly 30 points per game put up three points in the Super Bowl? You use all your luck and your cheats. Yeah, unbelievable. I, 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 mean, I, was, I was ashamed after Super Bowl 48. 48? The Broncos and the, and the Seahawks, and they put up eight points in the Seahawks. I was ashamed of that. Top best scoring offense of all time, and they put up eight points. And I was like, disgusted. Are you disgusted at your Rams for putting up three points in the Super Bowl against the Patriots? Tell me yes. I mean, we, we, we went to, what, two Super Bowls in four years? Three, four years? I think it was three years. Did you really go to Super Bowl? You put up three no, points. You no, might well you, just not you, turned you, up. Yeah, you may as well not have been there. Well, but we got there. But we got but, there. We, yeah, but it doesn't it, matter it, that you we, got we, there. We filled out the final hard door, and then we made a few adjustments, like get rid of Jared Goff, and uh, yeah. How, how did that go for you, there? But well, uh, yeah, well, we got screwed, didn't we? So there we go. It's 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 a conspiracy. Wow. It's a conspiracy. So it all comes round. A conspiracy, you see? It's do you know the, what the L.A. Rams, the golden child of the NFL, are in a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah but then you've got the news story that's coming out. So then you've got the Lions finally making to to the playoffs. But what did the NFL scriptwriters think? Oh, actually, Brock Purdy is a better story than Detroit. Therefore, let's back all, all the way to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy just to fall short Brock to Purdy the goal. versus Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, the, the other game that CBS. Oh. No, no, no. Carry on. Carry on. I was going to say the only other game of recent that the the CBS had was your Broncos winning twenty four to ten against the Panthers. So they would love if any of our scores were right. I think they just probably want a competitive game. Uh, yeah, um, that was that was some defense though. <laughs> Broncos defense. Um, I'm I'm going to throw it back to the the Rams Patriots Super Bowl here. Oh, there's, there's, that's just unnecessary. unnecessary. Is it? Yes. Is it? Are you aware that your Rams had 12 drives in that game? 12. Mm. I'm going to read out the drives for you. Are you ready? Do you know what? Jake, you ready? Is... Here we go. Uh, Drive one. Me more than Dave, I think. Three plays, two yards, punt. Five <laughs> plays, 17 yards, punt. Three yard, three plays, three yards, punt. Five plays, twenty-three yards, punt. Three plays, negative six, punt. <laughs> three plays, eight yards, punt. Five yards, twenty-one. Five plays, twenty-one yards, punt. Three plays, four yards, punt. Ten plays, forty-two yards, field goal. Nine plays, twenty-three yards, punt. Seven plays, forty-eight yards, pick. Six plays, forty-five yards, missed. Field goal. It's disgusting. That poor punter. Punter, you wore out your punter. He was worn out. That that would have been Johnny Hecker. <laughs> yeah, Johnny he was Hecker. thinking, "What the heck am I doing here?" 
Right, oh, right, that, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I quit. Oh, that was this good. Oh, un- I enjoyed that. I've got, I've seen us were picking on Dave. I've got, uh, <laughs> it was going to be my random stat, but I found another one. And there's, I'm pretty confident you guys won't have had this one because it's uh, one of my favorite people to follow on, on Twitter, Jay Kuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes up with the most random, um, random stats and uh, really fits the show. So every time the 49ers have won the NFC Championship game versus a team that has a shade of blue in their logo. They've gone on to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and any time they've beat a non-blue team in the NFC Championship, they've gone on to lose the Super Bowl. That this is... goes back all the way to 1982. What? In 1982, <laughs> they beat the Cowboys blue. They won the Super Bowl. In 1985, they beat the Bears. 1989, <laughs> they beat the Bears. They're blue in the Bears' look. Uh, in 1990, they beat the Rams. In 1995, they beat the Cowboys. All those times, they went on to win the Super Bowl. In 2013, they beat the Falcons. There's no blue in the Falcons. They lost the Super Bowl. In 2020, they beat the Packers. There's no blue in the Packers. They lost the Super Bowl. In 2024, they beat the Lions, and there's blue in the Lions. So, got bad news for you, Nosia. And I've got terrible news for Dave. The 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love how people come up with the most obscure. It's like, just so it's like the reason the reason the 49ers will win is because the Lions have blue in the uniform. I was like, what? Absolutely. I love Did it. You see the entire conspiracy this year of. The color of the Super Bowl logo I did. has been the, the, the two teams quite often. And it was like purple and red. So everyone was like, it's, oh, it's Baltimore 49ers. It's, it's scripted. And then it was like the two number ones he used were the Ravens and the 49ers. And everyone was like, wow, it's so scripted. It's so obvious. And then when the Ravens lost, everyone was like, damn it. I was kind of, I was actually on board with this conspiracy. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I love the conspiracy theories. I think that absolutely, I love reading of them. I love hearing them on on YouTube and and stuff like that. And you just think, what are these guys on? <laughs> Where do you come up with these things? But that's one of the best ones that I've heard in a long time. So it, the 49ers will win because the Lions have blue in the uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, if the 49ers win, we can't debunk this. Yeah, we'll need I to mean, wait yeah, until next year if they make it again. Because you're just like, oh, what's going on? We need to wait until next year. If the Fortniteers win this, this conspiracy holds true. I love it. That's that's amazing. Absolutely brilliant. No, no it's not. Not amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I am not enjoying this podcast. I am not okay. enjoying this episode. This is ninety-eight is now my most different for you. Yeah, ninety-eight oh. is my now my unlucky number. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let us move well, on. The, so, sorry, Jake, on you go. I was going to say, I've got the only other bit, bit of kind of news I've seen, and I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. They, they announced that the Philadelphia Eagles um, will be hosting the first ever NFL game in South America, and mm. they're going to do it in week one on a Friday night, because I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to do Friday nights in America because of Friday night football and high school. So they said, well, we want a game on Friday night. We'll go to South America just to do it, which is pay. I respect it. So they're having a Friday night game week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got Thursday night, night football, will be the... Friday night football, 
Saturday, obviously, and then Sunday in week one. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. So I love it. Let's all. I think we all need to book our holidays now. Travel <laughs> to Brazil. Yeah, to Brazil. Yeah, but just make sure we're off. I think that that'll be if, a good start. If anyone listening wants to fund the Win FL show, uh, to do, go to the press <laughs> box. Uh, in uh, is it real? Is it uh, is it in real? Uh, just a South America, Brazil. I'm not sure on terms of where. And let Let's be honest. Statistically, at least one of us is going to end up in real, whether the game's there or not. If we're traveling <laughs> to Brazil, at least one of us is just going to appear in real. Probably me. Not going to lie, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll still we'll still be in Brazil. Uh, I mean, I've been to the Brazilian bar in Glasgow. That's good fun. You know, I, I I have nothing to add on Brazilians. But Deco de Brazil in Glasgow is a great bar. If you've not been, it's absolutely amazing. It's it's so much fun. It's Saturday night they have live bands doing salsa music or samba. I forget which one's which. It's either salsa or samba. Apologies for my ignorance of cultures, but uh, it's 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 great. But Deco de Brazil in Glasgow, it's in Merton City. Absolutely amazing. Love it. Are you, are you touting for sponsorship now? Listen, I, I, wish we, I wish we could get sponsorship from those guys. It'd be amazing. Their food is to die for as well. Anyway, that's all by the by. Because we've now done our Super Bowl predictions with our scores. We now need to pick our most valuable players. And Dave, we'll start with you again. You've already picked the Chiefs to win. Mm. Who is going to be the most valuable player as if we had to guess, <laughs> with a Chiefs victory, who's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl? Well, obviously, the the big the biggest chance is going to be Patrick Mahomes. But I'm not picking Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to go for it. I'm going to go for the man that's going to change the game. Legereus Sneed is going to pick Ooh. off Brock Purdy and send the Chiefs to another Super Bowl win. He'll have to pick him off three times to win MVP. That's not hard considering what I've seen this playoff these, these, these last few weeks. That party hate runs deep. It really <sighs> runs deep. So it does. Let's go, Sneed. Okay, so Legidius I mean, that's a bit out of left field. I wasn't expecting that. I'll be honest. I was not expecting that at all. Uh, Jake McGee, you have picked the 49ers to win. So... Who is going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl? Yeah, and I will say I got uh, I got screwed um, one year with the Chiefs. I picked Nick Bolton to be the MVP when that they won, and he was by far a better player. Um, so, so going for a defensive player, I always respect. Um, I will not go for a quarterback, but I will go for a star, and I've picked Christian McCaffrey to be my Super Bowl MVP. I think if the 49ers win this game, he's going to have to have a monster monster day um that chief's pass rush is just too good um and Kristen McCaffrey's gonna have to have a huge day and we all know that the chances are if the Fortnite is win party's getting it and if if the chiefs win Mahomes is getting it we we get that I understand that but I also am not picking a quarterback we're all just completely delusional about what's going to happen. <laughs> we're all wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could say we're all wrong. <laughs> uh, you, you absolutely could say that. Um, 
And I think, you know, Mahomes might throw four touchdowns and Purdy throws four touchdowns. That could happen. But I think the difference is going to come down to a, like a defensive, either a defensive score. Let's not forget that, you know, uh, Von Miller won the Super Bowl MVP with two and a half sacks. Two forced fumbles. Frank Clark, Super Bowl MVP, calling it now. I know I'm wrong. Is he? Is is uh, is he even a chief? What? Is he still? Is he? Is he still what did you say? Is he even on the team? Oh, no, Frank Clark, the other guy, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Chris Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I. Do you know what? I'm going to redo that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That was funny. And, and you need you need to redo. No, you need to redo your reactions as well. Are you ready? Oh, this is. So we need to redo all of that. I said I don't know why I said Frank Clark. Why did I say Frank Clark? Why did I even say that? He was a chief back in the day. Oh, that's because I was looking at previous Super Bowls, <laughs> and his name was there. I was like, oh, that's a guy. No, Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones. Number ninety-five, isn't it? Do, do you know, here, here's a fun hold on, fact. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, Frank Clark, not only is he no longer a chief, but he has been a Denver Bronco since he's been a chief. No, he got he got released. I'm like a, he got released. Yeah, he got, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's, not he's, been, he's been a Bronco he's closer been, than he's been a chief. Exactly. <laughs> I think he's been a Seahawk as well. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna redo all of that. So, guys, I am picking the Chiefs, as you know, to win. But I'm not picking Patrick Mahomes. Stop laughing, Dave. I'm going with a defensive player. I'm going for Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because let's not forget, Von Miller was Super Bowl MVP with two and a half sacks. But he had two forced fumbles in that game. And I think although it's a high-scoring game, this is going to come down to a defensive stop, maybe even a defensive score. Chris Jones is going to be the man to do it. Couple of sacks, maybe force a fumble, couple of tip balls, maybe even have a pick. Chris Jones is my pick for Super Bowl MVP. What do you guys have to say about that? <laughs> we're just we're just all wrong. I mean, none of us going for Patrick Mahomes, none of us going for Brock Purdy. It's it's a bold, bold effort from the NFL show to to go zero for three. I said, well, we- let, let's let's look at history though, because. Uh, Chiefs all, uh, defensive linemen have a quite a good record in recent times against 49er quarterbacks because uh, I think you'll find that uh, one of, and I think it was 2020 or 20, 2020, 2021, uh, one Frank Clark uh, sacked Jimmy G, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> for a safety. Would would uh, so, this be, would this be the same Frank Clark who got done for roughing the passer against Tom Brady by ta- tapping him on the shoulder, going "Excuse me, Tom," yeah, uh, pretty much in the AFC legend. in the AFC Championship game, and the refs called that roughing the passer so, on a play that was intercepted and sent the Patriots to the Super Bowl. Would this be the see, that that Frank Clark? It might be that Frank Clark. Yeah, <laughs> it's a name I, I, I've not heard in a while. <laughs> not heard that. Shut up. I should... Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to point... I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to say something to our listeners. Pull, I'm gonna, pull the curtain. Pull, I'm, I'm going to say something to our listeners now. 
um, I had to redo our entire random stat. My, uh, my entire MVP, sorry, because I said Frank Clark instead of Chris Jones. <laughs> I had to do that. And we're picking on him. And you're having a go at me. I might leave this entire segment in yeah. so that people can hear it. <laughs> and then they, they'll the know what we're talking about. Because, do, you know, do you know something? I'm, I'm man enough to... I made a mistake. I was looking... I, I, I had the, the, the Chiefs the guys in front of me, uh, but I was actually looking at their previous... Previous players... Previous Super Bowl <laughs> from five years ago, uh, three, three you, years ago, I should say. First, when you first say Frank Clark's name, you need to insert clown music in there. I might do that. I might. I might leave that in there, and we'll see. We'll see. I'll see what it sounds like when I listen back to it. Um, I'd probably listen. Go now. Nah, you sound like an idiot. I'm cutting that. Uh, no, terrible. let's not do that. Terrible. Terrible. Absolutely. Well, as we're talking about clowns. There was a clown I would like to bring up, and it's a Patrick Mahomes, and it's not the Patrick Mahomes you think. Oh, yeah. Uh, last week, after the uh, after the the Chiefs won, oh, well, actually, two weeks ago, I suppose. Two, we- two the weeks there, yeah, two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, after the the Chiefs punched their ticket to the Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes Senior goes to the camera. We are going for three, and everyone's like, "Oh, wow, the Chiefs dynasty going for the th- third Super Bowl." No, no. He went. He was going for his third DUI, and he 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 went after it, and he and he achieved it. Um, <laughs> he is in the biggest week of, of his son's career. Decided there is not enough distractions between Jackson Mahomes, Britain Mahomes, Taylor Swift. He also needs to be a distraction, uh, and has got his third DUI. I don't know how you still have a license at that point, um, because you're obviously a, a liability. And although a clown and a laugh and a joke, a DUI is no joke. Um, but I just can't believe you would do something one anyway, because I, I, I never understand the logic behind it. But two, why would you do this in one of the biggest weeks of your your son's life, uh, you, when you know? All cameras, all media are, are honing on everything. I don't understand how selfish you have to be to do that to your own son. That's just insanity. Mm-hmm. We've we've covered this before with players. Players getting done DUIs. I think you 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 make millions of dollars. <laughs> Get a driver. What are you doing? Like seriously, I'm not. I'm not making. I'm not making this up, right? If I, if I, you know, won the, the lottery, I would hire a driver. Just have him on retainer, just there all the time to take me have anywhere never, I wanted to go. Have they ever heard of Uber? But, but by the way, big shout out Uber if you if you're looking for any sponsor, <laughs> sponsored by the winner of Elgin, sponsored by Uber. <laughs> but no, honestly, why would you not have a driver? Just have a driver. I'm not saying you're not allowed to drive for the rest of your life. Well, you might not be actually with his third DUI. Yeah, but uh, oh, he's it's all he's almost he's pretty much guaranteed to be uh, now in jail because it's his third DUI, that, and it's it's karma. I'm afraid that's that's unbelievable. What an idiot! Mm-hmm. What an absolute idiotic thing to do. You you just I, I I'll never. If I live to be a hundred years old, understand why people who have wealth beyond, you know, most people's imagining, millions and millions of dollars, and you drink drive, or drive under whatever influence of whatever substance it might be. Yeah, 
Just, what are you thinking? First of all, it's a stupid thing to do. It's a reckless thing to do. It's a dangerous thing to do. And, and secondly, you know, what's, what's the point? There's literally no point in doing it. Are you telling me he couldn't get a taxi? You telling me he, he, you know, that no one else could possibly drive, and he'd had a couple too many sherries or whatever he was taking or having at the time? That's just stupidity, yeah, sheer. In the, in the modern age of Ubers and Lyfts and all these drive share options, it's, it's never it's been easier. Never been easier, and like I say, there's never a good time. And if you want to throw your life away, I'm for it. If you want to, you know, ruin your life, that's fine. I never understand getting behind a wheel because you're putting other people's lives at risk mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. also doing like i say just the timing of it like i said there's never a good time but why when you know all the focus is on your son in one of the biggest weeks of his life are you going to say now would be a good time to you know there's a bit of too much pressure on pat i'll just take some pressure off him by you know taking all the questions away from his football and stuff in terms of like oh how are you going to deal with this distraction as well because well yeah and you're right it's it's and you can't even say, oh, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been there before. This is his fourth Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. Because, yes, this is his fourth Super Bowl. This is now the biggest game of his life. And every if he makes it to another 10 Super Bowls, each one will be the biggest game of his life. That there's no, there's no sense to this situation. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous story. I can't even believe he did that. So what what is what was he thinking? Well, clearly he wasn't. He just wasn't thinking whatsoever by doing that. It absolutely disgusts me. It really does. Uh, I I don't want to talk about. It. Dave, do you have anything to say about that? Nope. Uh, a little bit of self accountability, and now karma is going to come round, uh, especially if he is going to jail. So, such is life. If you do stupid things, stupid things will happen. But it's so selfish. It is. It's so selfish. And thoughtless, and you just, I, I, I don't know. And as you said, Jake, there's enough going on in the background. There are enough distractions for this team and, and Patrick Mahomes with all the garbage that's going on in this young man's life for this to happen as well. He doesn't need I'm, it. I'm not a huge, not a huge Patrick Mahomes fan, but it's amazing. I think it really is amazing he's turned out the way he has because, I mean, just the, the kind of fiasco that seems to surround him and yet he yeah. doesn't seem to affect him. No, it's, he, he actually comes across as one of the most level-headed people when, when like, he's doing interviews, post-game stuff, you know, midweek stuff. He comes across as so level-headed and calm and he seems to have a lot of common sense. Now, I don't know how much of that is putting on a face <laughs> it's like maybe behind closed doors he's screaming into a pillow that could be the case I don't know but he comes across as very calm and remember right remember the game against Buffalo where uh, Kadarius Tony was offside and they lost the game and Pat mm -hmm. Mahomes absolutely loses it and that's what people were talking about they weren't talking about the fact that Tony was a complete moron driving his foot on the line they were talking about the fact that Patrick Mahomes kind of lost it a bit and he was bitching at Josh Allen. And he was wrong to do so, because the call was correct. But that's what people were saying, I've never seen Patrick Mahomes like this. No, this guy's been putting up with a lot of crap for a long time. Maybe just that kind of sent him over the edge. <laughs> you know? There could have been something like that. But um, 
I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews of Brock Purdy over over this this past week. He's a nice young man. I know Dave hates him. I get it, Dave. I, I understand. But he comes across as such a nice guy. Very unassuming. And um, I, I like I like, uh, I like what the 49ers have done. I like this team that they put together. And uh, although I picked the Chiefs to win, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers win this game. It's not going to shock me in any way, any way whatsoever. Whichever team lifts the Lombardi, I will not be surprised. Um, I just hope it's a good game. And I think we can all say that. We hope that's going to be a, an exciting game. Now, um, for our, our view, I was going to say our viewers, our listeners at home, mm-hmm. um, Jake and, and Dave uh, and I will be together having a, a wee Super Bowl part A. It comes from Ford part B. And uh, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna have some... Uh, awful. That was, that was just awful. Yeah, you loved it. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to have some... some Lovely food. You're going to have some uh, buffalo buffalo wings and some Philly cheesesteaks. So I don't know what other kind of... Um, we are not having Colorado oysters. Do not Google them. We're not having them. Just don't do it. They're awful. One uh, of the things that, that was on my list of things to do tonight, that was not one of them. So thank you for... Just just trust me. Trust I'm, me when I'm I say definitely- do not look up Colorado oysters. It's a food. It's not anything like weird, <laughs> but it's a weird. Did Jake? Did you just look it up? No, but I was. I was I've heard of some strange names of things before, and this. So when you're like, don't search. I'm like, what are you asking me not to search? But I'm, I'm glad you clarified. It is food. It is. It's a food, but it's not <laughs> a food that I. Dave, did you just Google it? You did, uh, didn't I mean, you? It, well, technically, uh, their name is. Rocky Mountain. Oh, sorry, Rocky. Oh, he googled it. Rocky Mountain oysters. Jake, save yourself and don't look it up. Anyway, it's a food that was on a menu when I was in in Denver, and I wondered what it was, and you know, we looked it up, and I was like, I'm not eating that, uh, and it's not shellfish. So anyway, <laughs> it's definitely not. It's definitely not shellfish. Um, but we're gonna have buffalo wings, and we're gonna have Philly cheesesteaks. Might have some. We're not having Chicago pizza either, because that's just quiche. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but I wonder if there's any other food stuff that we can get from across the across the pond there. Um, Dave, what's your favourite party food? You're at a party. Oh, wow. There's a big buffet there. What are you having? What's a, what do you make a beeline for at the buffet? I mean, I'm pretty much camped out at the buffet. Uh, just, it's it's food or people, so yeah, food, food is food is a friend. Yeah, but what's uh, your what's your go to? What's the first what thing I, you're reaching what for? Do I go to? What do I go to? Um, yeah, usually something chicken. Uh, I'm I'm quite quite a big chicken fan. Uh, you know, chicken wings, but obviously we're gonna have uh, a a much better option, uh, I reckon. But you know, I'm not I just probably uh, pizza as well. I do like my pizza, but yeah, just anything battered uh, that's not with <laughs> from, the name oysters at from, the end. From a chippy. Uh, Jake, <laughs> Jake, you're at a Super Bowl. They've been so Scottish. As long as it's deep fried, I will eat it. There we go. It's crunching away in bits of broken glass. That's got battered on it. That'll <laughs> do me. Uh, Jake, what's your go to at the buffet? Super Bowl party. What's your first thing you're reaching for? I would say I'm probably a chicken wing kind of guy as well, and especially having had the privilege of being there last year and having the buffalo chicken wings, I think that would, again, be my first choice. Excellent stuff. I will put on extra 
uh, boneless buffalo wings for you guys. Extra buffalo wings. So it's good to know these things. Um, and as I say, we'll also be having Philly cheesesteaks. We're also going to have some hot dogs as well. You'll have a choice of things. Maybe make up some sliders. We'll see how that goes. That'd be quite nice. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing for a Super Bowl. Um, I hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl. Of course, it's the biggest game of the year. We're all looking forward to it. Now, NFL honours. Before we go into our final segment, NFL honours are being announced. Did you say it's tomorrow, Jake? It's normally, I don't know if it's the day before Super Bowl, it's definitely in the, the coming days. It will be before the Super Bowl. We all know who the, the MVP is before we, we kick off. Right. Okay. I don't like that. Why don't they just wait till after the Super Bowl? I mean, they've got a whole two well, they weeks. Say the playoffs don't, yeah, they, they, they say the playoffs don't count. So if that's the case, why don't you do it like, you do it, you know, if the playoffs don't count towards the MVP race. Do after week 18? Of the year. Yeah. Do after week 18. Or, if the playoffs do count, yeah, wait till after Super Bowl, wait till everything's ha- happened. Yeah, because, One or the other. Yeah, because what happens if, if uh, let's say for argument's sakes, um, I don't know, just for argument's sakes, let's say Dak Prescott was, was, was going to win the MVP, right? And he's, uh, he had a great season, he throws 40 touchdowns, five picks, which, I mean, which he nearly did. He had an incredible season. Um, going to the playoffs to get absolutely hammered, first round. Obliterated. Which, you know... Green Bay went in and spanked them rotten. Yep. Does that not count for anything? I think it does. I think the postseason counts for when you're deciding who's the most valuable player of the entire league. Surely. I think for like coach of the year as well. So because you saw um, like D'Amico Ryans and stuff, it's like if a head coach who had had a, you know, a good year and then he gets coach of the year. And like you say, if he then gets blown out like 50 to 6 in the wild card, you're like, oh, so three weeks later, you're going to tell me that's the coach of the year. Well, yeah, like, because... Surely the playoffs count. Absolutely, because a lot of people were talking about the fellow in Cleveland, whose name I've completely forgotten. What's Cleveland called? Stefanski. Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stef- <laughs> Try that again. Kevin Stefanski. You know, it was, it's like a, a favourite for, for coach of the year. But D'Amico Ryans, I thought, well, he'll probably win it. What would happen if the Texans went right through the Super Bowl and win it? And he doesn't get coach of the year. <laughs> you know, because they've already decided after after the the regular season. You would, I mean, you'd have to change it. You're like, hold on a second. We've given it to Stefanski. They, they get killed in the wild card and the, the Texans go on and win the Super Bowl. You know, surely that would have something to do with it. But I don't like it. Anyway, anyway. The NFL owners are coming up. Jake, uh, I know that you have a note of uh, your own and Dave's picks from preseason. I don't have mine, so I do apologize. I'm going to have to guess at these. NFL honors, offensive rookie of the year. Oh, sorry. Do you know what? Let's do it properly. MVP. What's the consensus on MVP? Well, they've had a good pick, an honorable pick of Patrick Mahomes. You know, a sensible pick. Jake, not so much. Jake, Jake (laughs) got it very wrong. Jake decided to go with Trevor Lawrence. Ah. And after like eight, nine weeks, you know, I wasn't the worst shot in the world. Mm. And then after then, it was a terrible shot. <laughs> I think I might have gone Mahomes as well. I don't remember who I picked. I think I either took Mahomes or McCaffrey. It's one of those two. I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think we all know it's Lamar. Lamar's yeah. going to win it. And, and Jake, don't feel bad about your pick. Please don't feel bad about your pick because Lawrence did look good in the first half of the season. He did. And it just sort of fell apart. 
That's not on yeah, you, Jake. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's not on you. So uh, we then had the Offensive Player of the Year, I think was the next one. Yes, and it was the roguest of rogue shouts from Dave. But that it maybe wasn't as rogue as we thought. He picked Brees Hall, and we may have laughed at the time. But you know what? I think it wasn't nearly as bad as a, as a estimation or a guess that we that we thought. No, because Dave, I think I think he was their best player on offense this year for the Jets. You can hold like your head high with that by one. a by a mile. So I I don't I, think you're way off of that. Yeah, I I think if they 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 could have had a much stronger challenge if they had the Prince of Darkness uh, for more than a couple plays, uh, you know, through the entire season. But uh, obviously. The entire team discombobulated, uh, not giving their kind of star players much of a chance after that. Actually, um, I should. No, I... Oh, so, sorry, Jake. I'm go just on, I'm very no, quickly, no, no, very quickly going to interrupt you. Um, I should point out that actually, I didn't know that you'd picked Brees Hall. Um, I, well, I'd forgotten that you picked Brees Hall. Um, he's actually going to be the focus of my random stat. Oh, so there you go. Oh, uh, Jake, who did you have as your offensive player of the year? I went a lot smarter with this one. I went Christy McCaffrey. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you win some, you lose some, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 could, what else can you say, really? It's no just, comment. Just the guy's, Christy McCaffrey. He's fantastic. He, he, I, I know I know the MVP is, is a quarterback award, and we all know this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It kind of bugs me that Offensive Player of the Year has quarterbacks in it. The actual award has quarterbacks in the running. I, I don't think they should. Because if Lamar wins MVP, then surely he has to win Offensive Player of the Year. That's why. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was the most important player in the most important player in the league, but not the best offensive player, even on your own team. Yeah. possibly. It would yeah. be. It would be like um, using one of your own guys, Dave. Uh, Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald wins MVP with forty sacks and twelve forced fumbles, is he not the best defensive player in the league? So he doesn't win defensive player of the year. 100%. Well, exactly. So, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a ridiculous award. So I think the MVP should be quarterbacks only mm-hmm. and then no quarterbacks allowed for Offensive Player of the Year. Second up. I, I think, because we all know the quarterback is the most valuable player on every single team. We know, well, a couple of exceptions. Sorry, Giants. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's the quarterback. You know, he is the most important player in your team. So he's got to be the most valuable because he is the most important. Uh, no one ever says, oh, we need to keep a wide receiver up, right? <laughs> it's the quarterback. That's what it's all about. Anyway, um, I've no idea who I picked for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, Jake McGee, we'll start with you first. Who was your pick? Okay, again, I, I picked quite well. I think I picked TJ Watt. Yeah, well, he absolutely should be. TJ Watt was ridiculous. He's in the He's in the running, and, and he was insane. Absolutely insane. Although, did he not make All-Pro this year, despite leading the league in sacks? 
I believe that was what. Yeah, I think we had. I that think we spoke about the, the show where he led the league in sacks and wasn't first team all. He wasn't first. Yeah, he wasn't first team all pro. I think he went with like Miles Garrett and Max Crosby. I think. Yeah, it, you know, like, that was Max mm, Crosby. Mm, and you know, mm, great, great players, both great players, but the guy leads the league in sacks should be all pro. Uh, Dave, um, who do you know who your uh, defensive player of the year selection was? Or Jake, can you tell us who David picked? Can Dave remember? I can help him if he doesn't. I I, I, I just really hope it's not Aaron Donald. <laughs> no, that... no, you were you you were an honest man on this. You, you didn't go Homer. You, you went Micah Parsons. Oh well, not this year. Yeah, I I, should, I probably yeah he, he did he did well. He had a great year. Yeah, he just kind of fell off <clears throat> towards the end. I think. Again, I don't remember who I selected do you apologize we'll I've say got, you picked miles garrett because he's the likely winner so well done Neil, I, I i'll be honest <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest i would either have gone for tj watt miles garrett or nick bosa it would be one of those three that's likely who i picked maybe I, I, maybe Aaron i have Donald. a memory i could it could it could have been bosa it's, actually it's, it's, it's one of those memory. three big mm. big memory of that uh, maybe one of our listeners can go back and check <laughs> it's in uh, one of the episodes in the mid 70s not sure which one <laughs> so Shout out Patrick. Patrick Jackson. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick will know exactly who who we who we all picked. Um, offensive rookie of the year. Do we have those numbers? Uh, we well, we don't have the numbers, but I have the picks. Oh, sorry, the uh, picks. I sorry. went foolishly. I went uh, Bijan Rompton, not taking into account that his uh, head coach would not use him. And Dave went for Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. That's right. Uh, yeah. Who had an excellent year. Now, do either of you guys remember who I picked? I would like to guess probably B. Sean Robinson. It was Anthony uh, Richardson. It was a pretty consensus. Anthony oh, Richardson. That's right. It was Anthony Richardson. I picked Anthony Richardson. I thought he was... And you know what, Sue? Like, week one and two, I thought I was on to it. He was... I mean, he was exciting. And I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. He kind of got forgotten about... Because Gardner Minshew played well. You know, you sort of forgot that they had Richardson. Um, so he's coming back next year. It'll be interesting to see what he can do. But he was, oh my word, he was so exciting to watch. Just electric. He looked like sort of, obviously not as effective. So I'm not like going ridiculous here. But just from a purely watching point of view, sort of like 2019 Lamar. Just running around all over the place, and he's he does have a very strong arm as well. So I, I know it it didn't work out for him, but it looked good through two weeks. Look, <laughs> two weeks. I'll, I'll I'll give you an early bold prediction mm-hmm. about Gardner Minshew starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders. They are trading up for Caleb Williams. I don't. I or at least they're going to attempt. They're going to attempt it, to they trade might, They might attempt, but I, I think if if that doesn't happen, watch out for Gardner Minshew with a starting job next year, potentially in, in Washington. Here's one for you. Before we go on to our defensive rookie of the year, because we've completely sidetracked here, if the commanders do trade up and take Caleb Williams with the first overall pick, and they suck, the Chicago Bears will have fleeced two teams out of the first mm-hmm. overall pick. And they might have the first overall pick next year as well. 
I'm just saying years. because, and the only reason I'm saying that is because let's not forget Washington absolutely dismantled their defense. They dismantled it. There's nothing left of that defense. It's awful. Unless they can really do something in the offseason, they've got nothing. And unless they beef up that offensive line, if they do trade up for Caleb Williams, he's going to be on his back for the entire season. Sam Howell was sacked how many times? He was like the most sacked quarterback in the entire NFL. I think, that was that not one of my early, my very early on random he, stats I yeah, was on track for he was on 100. pace to, to, <laughs> to, to break the all time record for being sacked mm-hmm. if they trade up for Caleb Williams and don't sort out this offensive line the, the, the Bears are going to be like guess what not only did we draft Marvin Harrison Jr. with our pick for the second mm-hmm. or third pick we've got the number one overall pick next year from Washington check this out <laughs> This I'm, I, this could happen. It could happen. I'm just saying. Could be a dynasty of number one picks. That would be three. Is that three years in a row? That'd be three in a row for the Bears. Yeah. yeah. Whilst not for, by t- two of them not sucking. I, yeah. I, I imagine that. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I, I know teams have picked. You know, first of all, at least twice. You know, obviously, we've seen it twice in a row. The 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 Jaguars did it. We've seen the Browns do it. Um, but. The Bears could do it three times in a row. If 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 this happens, if they trade it to the Commanders, the Commanders suck, Bears could end up with the number one overall pick next year. I'm calling it right now. If that happens, we should have a draft watch day party. Do you know that? We should mm-hmm. do that. Anyway, uh, we went way off topic. Do apologize. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jake McGee, who did we have? We had the consensus favourites until very recently from Dave, uh, Jalen Carter. Still odds-on favourite, but has come down massively. Uh, and I had uh, Devin Witherspoon, who started slow, um, had a really good year. It's not going to be enough in the end. Um, Jalen Carter still odds-on, but Will Anderson came very good, and Kobe Turner at the end as well came very good. So it feels like Jalen Carter, just like the Eagles, kind of took his foot off the gas at the end, and I wonder if it will cost him. Uh, it might do. He did look great through the first, like, eight, nine, ten games. He looked really, really good. Really good indeed. Um, so there you are. I've got no idea who I picked. <laughs> I don't remember. But I might have picked Jalen Carter as well, actually. Yeah, I, I just... It's, it's, it's just ringing bells. Ringing bells. Anyway, that was our picks. Uh, clearly, we know nothing about the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> So, if anyone is still listening, why are you bothering, really? Uh, Good grief, we know nothing. Uh, Anyway, anyway, uh, gentlemen, we should move on um, to our final segment. And it is, of course... Random stats. Random Random stats. stats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave, why don't you go first for random stats this week, pal? Yeah, let's go for it. Because Dave is starting a campaign. Because I want an injustice overturned. Now, cast your mind back, Neosa. Uh, uh, okay, my mind's cast so back. When you're when you were very young, the oh, Super here Bowl. We go. Here we <laughs> the <go>. Super <laughs> Cast your mind back. Yeah. The Super Bowl number one. Well, <laughs> before I was alive. Well, it's it's a debatable point, but we were talking about, uh, you know, Super Bowl MVP. 
Now, do you know who the Super Bowl MVP of number one was? It was Bart Starr. It was indeed Bart Starr. And, and I know who you're going to say it should have been. Yep, it absolutely. But maybe not for the reason that you think it was. Okay, go for it. Because, because I do think that there was an injustice in this Super Bowl. And I'm going to highlight Jake's long-lost cousin, Max McGee. Now, <laughs> Max McGee was, in my opinion, the best player in that Super Bowl. But maybe not for the reasons that you might think, because Max McGee, who was, who was not a starter, can I point out, ended up with seven receptions in this game for, I think it was about 138 yards. Now, the wide receiver one, who I forget his name, uh, went down injured. Do you Boy, know what? Boyd Dowler. It was. Boyd That's Dowler. the one. Yes. Yes. Now, he went down injured in that in that game however Max McGee did not think he was going to appear in the Super Bowl so what did he do the night before he went out on the town and he he came into that Super Bowl as hungover as we will be on Monday now not only did he manage to do that but then he had 10 targets 7 receptions for 138 yards and he should have been Super Bowl MVP. And that is where the MVP started going to quarterbacks and has pretty much gone on for the majority of Super Bowls. And I think this is an injustice. And poor Max McGee, Jake's 17th cousin. Is... Shout out, Max. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, Max. We like the Jakes, but now we've got a couple. I've got McGee as well. Uh, yeah, he, he was unjustly not given the MVP. So I want to highlight Max McGee, Super Bowl one. I'm sure you remember it well, Neil, so, but that is my random stat. So first of all, you're a cheeky bugger. <laughs> Secondly, although I don't remember it, uh, I am very familiar with it, with the story yeah. of Max McGee. Um, the touchdown pass he caught behind his back because mm -hmm. Bart Starr threw it a yard behind him and he just stuck his hand out and the ball literally just stuck in there a uh, great touchdown for Max McGee in that one but you're right he actually told the story that he didn't expect to play he was a backup uh, and like a proper backup oh, um, backup everything yeah he, I'm like, pretty he, sure he, he was like a defensive end he, he didn't he didn't start at all he was a, a backup um, and Boyd Dowler got knocked out of the game because the Kansas City Chiefs defensive back who was known as the hammer um, mm -hmm. separated his shoulder he was coming on a slant and the hammer came in and just, boom, separates Boyd Dowler's shoulder. He has to go off. Max McGee is like, you know, Vince Lombardi's like, you're up. He's like, what? <laughs> like, <"Are> you <laughs> what? He had been literally partying all night with a bunch of air hostesses. Okay. Not making this up. Oh. Uh, Legend. Because it's I think. Like a true McGee. Was it, in, was it in LA? Was it in Pasadena, the, the, the first one? I, I forget what it was played. I'm pretty sure it was California. Yes, uh, yes. It, was at, it was at the Coliseum. It was at the Coliseum in LA. I was actually uh, at yeah. uh, the Coliseum. Um, so he'd been out of the town. He was absolutely tanked. And he ends up having a ridiculous, ridiculous game for the for the Packers. Um, mm. And yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. That's a great story, Dave. I am very familiar yeah, with yeah. it, even though it was 10 years before I was born. <laughs> 
Was it? <laughs> Are you sure? Well, well, maybe, but you know, uh, let, let's be honest. So, anyone who can uh, record stats with seven receptions, 138 yards, and two touchdowns uh, is already, uh, you know, fantastic. However, doing it very hungover after a, a night out. Um, but you know, at the same time, he was such a talented player. Not only was uh, did he do that, he was a punter. His longest punt was 63 yards. Ooh. So that's by no means, uh, you know, a small feat. But I think he was also a defensive end. Uh, and he was also a two-time, he was a two-time punting yards leader in the league as well in 54 and Love 59. It. Uh, Love it. One-time pro bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion, obviously number one and number two. Um, and... Yeah, he was, he was just an awful player. So, big shout out to the hangover machine, Mike McGee. Max McGee. Max, Max McGee. Well, I, know, I, <coughs> can, I can tell us later. Just, uh, Ma- Mike McGee but, plays with croft work. He's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, a, a, a lovely chap, Mike McGee. I know him very well. Uh, anyway. That's Jake's 14th cousin. Now, that story, Jake, before I go on to your random stat, that story reminds me of another story. Um, and it's not a random stat, it's just a story uh, about Terrell Davis, who I, who I mentioned the other week there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Terrell Davis, if you don't know the story of Terrell Davis and you've never seen a football life uh, with Terrell Davis, go and watch it because the beginning of this man's career is insane. So he was fifth on the Broncos' depth chart for running backs in preseason. Number five, okay, in his rookie year comes in and they're, they're, this was when they used to play what was known as the American Bowl and they used to do international preseason games, right? Mm. And the Broncos were playing the 49ers in Japan. Um, I forget where in Japan, well, Tokyo, Okinawa, doesn't, doesn't matter where it was, but in Japan. And Terrell Davis fifth on the depth chart. He's been, you know, three traveling with the team three games, three weeks, and he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, this isn't going to work. And he phones his phones his dad or, or, or his uh, his family and says, I'm going I'm to leave. I, I can't do this. I'm going to come home. So in the hotel, this is the night before the preseason game with the 49ers. He goes down to the hotel and he says, uh, can someone get me a taxi to the airport? I'm, I'm just going to go home. But nobody spoke English. So they couldn't understand what he was saying. And after about 20 minutes, he gave up and went, oh, fine so anyway he goes back up to his hotel room so the following day they're playing the 49ers and he's sitting on the sidelines as he has been for every preseason game you know he's just sitting there and nothing's doing so uh, he goes to get himself a hot dog and then he has another hot dog and then he has another hot dog and then after about five hot dogs six hot dogs in and he's sitting there he's just eating hot dogs on the sidelines and then Mike Shanahan says uh, get Terrell Davis in on the kickoff he's like what I just put him in on the kickoff coverage. And he's like, oh, no, because he's full of hot dogs. He's been eating hot dogs for the past 20 minutes. He's like, oh, here we go. And he says, I'm lining up there for the kickoff, and I can just feel these hot dogs sitting there, and I'm getting ready to throw up while I'm waiting for the ball to be kicked off. And he goes down on the kickoff, absolutely crushes the returner. First play he was put in in the preseason, made a huge impression, and within three weeks, he was the starter, starting running back for the Denver Broncos. And the rest is history. He went for over 1,500 yards in his rookie year. Um, it just goes to show you, maybe you don't have to practice all that much the night before a game. Maybe you could just 
you know. Probably helps not being hungover or, or you know, hungover or full of hot dogs. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just, you know, maybe we can we'll get a call up to the NFL uh, on Monday morning. Uh, you know, we're full, full of like, you know, I mean, full Mc, of full well, of Johnny Walker Mc, and Mackenzie Cider, Mackenzie Cider. Like, oh, there we yeah. go. I've just been called up to quarterback the Chiefs on Sunday. Sorry, guys, gotta go. I don't know. I don't know how well that would work out. I think Nick yeah, Bosa would be the MVP if that happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Definitely. I just, I bow down. <laughs> no, yeah. no thanks. Uh, Jake McGee, what's your random stat, pal? My random stat, seeing as uh, the MVP quite often tends to be a quarterback, is about quarterbacks. And I'll get to Patrick Mahomes in the end, but Joe Montana, he won his third Super Bowl after beating the number one scoring defense on the road in the title game. That was the Chicago Bears at the time. Tom Brady won his third Super Bowl after beating the number one scoring defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the road in the title game. Now, Patrick Mahomes can win his third Super Bowl. And guess what? In the championship game, he beat the number one scorer in defense, which was the Baltimore Ravens, on the road in the title game. So another streak kind of conspiracy. Will it survive the test of Sunday? Well, we'll find out. One of my things that I've brought up will be wrong. Either Patrick Mahomes will win his third Super Bowl and beating the number one scorer in defense on the road in the title game is important. Or the 49ers will win and beating a team in the championship game that have some blue is important. One, one of these is going to go. The, I, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> we know how big the NFL are in marketing. And I think if you have at the Super Bowl a crying Taylor Swift, can you imagine how bad that publicity would be? You NFL bad. You made Taylor Swift cry. How dare you? No. Brock Purdy is not going to do that to Taylor Swift. So it'll for, be the uh, jet lag. She's got a show in Japan like the day before. If she's there, yeah, it'll be impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, she's got a private jet. She's going to have every luxury available to her on that private jet going going to the Super Bowl. She will make it. And then she's going to be there to celebrate with uh, Travis Kelsey and probably uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> at, at, I, I want to celebrate with Jason Kelsey. Yeah, at, at this point, he's probably going to be naked. Never mind, just topless. He's just going to be like prancing around the stadium naked if, if the Chiefs win. So fair play to him. Uh, did you see? I think Taylor Swift won Best Album at the Grammys as well, didn't she? I think she won two Grammys. She won two Grammys. Hey, guys, she's. She's doing all right for herself. And announced a new um, album oh, I, for all the Swifties out there. She did. She announced a new album for all the Swifties. I'm going to see Taylor Swift in Edinburgh in uh, June. That'll be good. That will so be my amazing. daughter. Yeah, so yes. my, I think so is my daughter. So, yeah, you, uh, that that's not going to be weird. But, oh, I saw news at Taylor Swift. That's good. <laughs> I'd like to point out, first of all, Taylor Swift is a treasure. So, I won't hear anything bad said against her. Oh, no. Secondly... I bought the tickets for my lovely wife, okay, as a, a what do you call it, an a anniversary present last year. And I'd said to her, you know, you could take anyone you want with you. And she, well, yeah, you're coming with me. I was like, really? Because I expected her to take one of her pals. But she was like, no, you're coming with me. I was like, okay. But I have no issues with that because I like Taylor Swift. You know, Taylor Swift's a lovely person and an excellent artist. I don't get the heat 
she gets from NFL fans. I don't understand it. Would would you be willing to attend that in a Chiefs top? Oh, wait, in a Chiefs top, that's going to hurt. That's, that's I, I, I guarantee I, there'll be some people. There'll be a, there'll be a lot of a lot of red eighty sevens there. I reckon. Yeah, there'll be a lot of red eighty sevens there. Yeah, that, that's just that's just the the people puffed out. They were born in nineteen eighty seven. They'll be red faced. they jumping up and down. It's Taylor Swift. Not that I'm saying people born ninety seven are old, but you know, it's, people born nineteen eighty seven aren't old, Dave. Well, yeah, I mean. That, okay. that, that's not old. That, that's 36. That's not old. What? Right? I was born in 77, so we'll have less of this nonsense. But Super Bowl <laughs> 1 was in... 67. <laughs> Your timelines okay. are all messed up, mate. All yeah, I, messed up. I can't even get the days of the week right, mate. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll stick to I'll I'll stick to something I do know, which is American. No, I can't, I can't even stick to that. I don't know what about American football. So I, yeah, well, I'll I'll just I'll just stick to I don't know. I, I yeah, well, I'll, as long as it's anything other than the Rocky Mountain uh, delights that you've uh, <sighs> inflicted on my don't eyes. look it up, Jake. Don't look it up. Trust me. Trust me. I on this don't. One. I wasn't going to. Don't worry. Good. And that goes for all of our listeners. Do not look it up. Anyway, anyway, gentlemen, uh, my random stat concerns Brees Hall, as it does. Um, it's a, And it's just a random stat. That's all it is. Nothing spectacular about it. And it goes like this. So in week one against the Buffalo Bills this year, as we know, uh, Aaron Rodgers went out injured. Um, yep. We all thought, well, this is it. What are you Jets going to do? And they rushed Brees Hall to the tune of 127 yards. And they won that game. They then rushed him four times in the following week. 12 times the next week. Six times the following week. They lost all three. And then in week five, they rushed him 22 times. And he got 177 yards on a touchdown and they won. And... This is a pattern for the Jets because his his next big game that he had was in week 17 when they rushed him 37 times for 178 yards and they won. Because if your quarterback goes down and you're left with, no offense, Zach Wilson, and you're left with Zach Wilson as your backup quarterback and you've got Brees Hall on your team, maybe it's an idea to give him the ball more and you'll win more because i'm going to read some of the stats out to you um just uh, just a couple of them here uh, in week seven it took kind of 17 yards and they lost to the giants uh sorry sorry um they, they lost the chargers uh, and then in week nine starting 28 yards two point you only had 2.5 yards per carry and but those 13 yards 13 carries sorry almost exclusively came in the first half and then they just got away from it and it didn't do anything else. And how many times have we seen this? Where teams just like, oh, you give your guy 10 carries, that's not working. We'll stop giving him the ball. But like, no, that's not how this works. Because at any point, Brees Hall can break off a huge one. Now we saw in the, in the game against, he had against Kansas City, which they did lose in week four, six carries, 
56 yards. We were averaging 9.3 yards per carry and they gave him six carries. In the loss against Cleveland, uh, he had had 13 carries, 84 yards, averaging 6.4 yards per carry. And in the second half, they gave him the ball twice. They ended up losing the game. And that's essentially, that's my random stat. It's just the fact that Brees Hall was easily the best player on that Jets team offensively. And they did not use him. When they did use him, they won. And when they didn't use him, they had nothing going. And it kind of makes you think that, remember when Zach Wilson said, I don't know if I want to be the starting quarterback anymore for this team when he, after Rodgers went down? I'm like, well, you know, you can kind of see why. Because when you've got one of the most dynamic running backs in the league, and we saw it the year before, before when he got injured, remember? Brees Hall was absolutely incredible in his rookie year. Then he got injured, missed some time, comes back, looks great, don't use him again. Oh, let's use him five weeks later. We won the game. Oh, okay, let's not use him for another three weeks. I'm like, well, what are you doing? And I honestly oh. think, sorry, David, just, I honestly think that unless they sort something out over in New Jersey, the Jets are going to be in for another rough year next year. Just to prove your point, though, look at look at the last four teams that were left in the NFC and AFC Championship. So you've got the Chiefs. Now, their receivers couldn't catch a cold for the majority of the regular season. So what did they do? Who stepped up? Isaiah Pacheco and the run game managed to get them out of so many holes. Then you've got, I think, the top two rushing teams in the league with the Ravens and the 49ers. 49ers' entire scheme is based around the run game. The Ravens have uh, are exact same. You know, uh, plus it helps when you got Lamar Jackson as the best rushing quarterback. It could turn out to be the best of all time. And uh, Detroit had Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, who are two top running backs. So yeah, it it just proves the point right there. Yeah, and the, the main point we had with the Ravens was they were never out of that game, and they basically refused to run the ball with their running backs. And yeah. lo and yep. behold, they lost. They, they gave it to Gus Edwards like three times or something like that, four times that yeah. game. <laughs> what are you doing? He, and, and he was averaging six yards a carry. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> give, him, give him the ball. I'll never understand why coaches just get away from something that is clearly working. I, just, I don't get it. And, I, and if you've got a star running back, like, perfect example. Apologies, Steve. The 49ers Lions game. They were down 24 to 7 at halftime in that game. And in the second half, they're running the ball. About running. <laughs> they're on the ball. Because they're like, we've got an entire half. We don't need to abandon the run. Why would you abandon the run? You've got Christian McCaffrey. It'd be insane to do that. And yet we see teams do it over and over and over again. We've seen the Titans do it. Abandoning the run. That's the only thing that works in your offense. What are you playing at? I, 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 I don't get it. I don't know why the Ravens did it. Because the run was working. The Bills... The Bills, I, I don't know why they don't just rush Josh Allen 20 times a game. We average just like seven, eight yards per carry on designed runs. And I, I don't know why they don't do it. They got away from it, they lose the game. The Ravens get away from the run, they lose the game. The Lions, you know, they were winning the game. You think the 49ers get away from the run? No, they're like, no, we're running the ball. That's what we're doing. 
because it works. It's not going to work every time. You're going to have a negative one-yard play, a one-yard gain, it's stuff for no gain, and then all of a sudden you break a 50-yarder. And that's what you're looking for. So, yeah, I don't know why. Teams, get away from the run. Run the ball. I stand to sound like Richard Sherman here. <laughs> run the damn ball. Mm. Never thought I'd say that. Sound like Richard mm. Sherman. What's going on here? Anyway, gentlemen, that is the end of our podcast. Unless, have we missed anything? Jake, did I miss anything? Probably. Nothing that week we can't tidy up next week. Nice. Uh, in that case, the next time we speak, we will know who won the Super Bowl. We will have our Super Bowl review. That's going to be fun. And uh, that will be episode 99, because this is episode 98. 100th episode is coming up, guys. And it's going to be an absolute doozy. Plenty of special guests. Really looking forward to it. Um, Dave, I will actually see you, not next week. Uh, I will see you on Sunday. Well, indeed. Jake, I will also see you on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, we will have uh, far too much to eat and probably maybe a little bit too much to drink. But I'd like to point out, none of us are driving, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and for anyone else, enjoy your Super Bowl. I hope you, regardless of which team you're supporting, hope you enjoy the game. Hope you all stay safe. Uh, and we will see you on next week's edition of the Winifel Show. <laughs>